Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Listening to Lisa Marie Nicole's Rocking for God show on the Four Persons Network. Lisa is an award-winning Catholic contemporary recording artist. Her music can be found at lisamarienicole.com. Her aim is to spread the joy and mission of Christian music and spotlight others who do the same. To call into tonight's show, the number is 515-602-9655. That number, again, is 515 515- Six zero two nine six five five. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lisa. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you are having a blessed weekend. Welcome to Rocker for God with Lisa Marie Nicole. I am Lisa Marie, and before we get started, I just would like to all of us to please keep Israel in our prayers today. I want to read the scripture for this show. Psalm 98.4 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and praise. I have a great show for you tonight. I have Catholic EWTN author, speaker, and musician, Deacon Harold Bergseros coming on. During the show, if anyone would like to call in with a question, you can at 515-602-9655. Okay, now let's get started. You there, Deacon? I am here. How Congratulations on the show. This is great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I learned from the best. <laughs> How's everything going? Uh, busy but good. You know, yeah. you know how I roll. You know, I, I just yes, I do. Uh, just tra- traveling a lot, speaking. My new book just came out last Friday. Great. Um, my my sixth book, um, called "Building a Civilization of Love: A Catholic Response to Racism." Um, you know, I've got a lot of good things going on, and uh, I, I, but but I'm especially pleased to be here with you. It's been really wonderful to uh, to have met you a few years ago, and, and your wonderful husband, Brian, and um, and to, uh, to to see how your ministry has grown 
over the years and how many people you're touching with your music is just, you know, what what a blessing and a gift from God. Thank you very much. Um we're we're gonna link the book to our show nights show show notes so that way people would uh could know that. But I really appreciate you saying that. Yes, we've been friends for a while and um and you've been a blessing to me also and uh I learned a lot from you from your podcast and your ministries. <laughs> so but um I just wanna ask you some questions tonight so people get an idea of people that I I think everybody knows who you are, but the people that don't, um I just like for the those of you who don't know who you are, can you just please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, sure. Uh, again, you said my name is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, I was born in Barbados in the West Indies uh, to a Catholic mom. Who, and my mom was the first Catholic in our family. She was Methodist and converted to the Catholic faith when she was a teenager. My father was not a person of faith at all. Uh, and, and I'm the oldest child of their marriage, and so I am the first baptized as Catholic because my mom wow. came into the church. She was already uh, Christian, you know, so she didn't have to be rebaptized, just confirmation of First Communion. Yeah. And so when we moved to the United States, um, it was very important that my, my mom felt it was very important we have a Catholic education. So grade school, high school, uh, college, graduate school, for me, were all at Catholic institutions. And, you know, I thought I had a vocation to monastic life. Uh, I, I did a come and see program at my high school, St. Benedict's Prep in Newark. Um, run by the Benedictines there, and I, and I ended up after college joining the community and uh, discerned that God was not calling me to that and met my wife, and she's from Oregon, moved out here, discovered the diaconate, had a law enforcement career, which I left in 2012 to speak and write full-time. and been doing that ever since. That's a great – you have an unbelievable bio. I love it. It's unbelievable background. I didn't – I knew a lot about you, but there's a couple of things I didn't that you mentioned, so that's that's great. Um, some people do not know that you're also a musician. Can you please tell us how and when you started playing music and if you still do today? Sure, sure. So uh, for first of all, let me, let me say this, that what I do now as a professional speaker – an author traveling around the world, been to 31 countries. I very, very much treat what I'm doing and my vocation and my work in the Lord's Vineyard. I approach it just like a musician. I still, I still call them gigs. You know, wow. uh, when I write, when I'm writing books, it's like writing a song. You know, when I'm on the road, it's like touring. You know, I, cool. I, I still very much have that musician's mentality and heart. So, my father was a professional musinger, a, mu a professional musician, singer, and songwriter. He was a Calypsonian. So for those of you who are not from the Caribbean, uh, Calypso <laughs> music is kind of like the uh, Caribbean version of R&B, if you will. Yeah. He was a very popular singer and songwriter. Um, and so uh, I, you know, music was a natural part of growing up in our house. Uh, and I uh, am self-taught on guitar. And uh, and singing was, you know, it was really listening to all the music back in the 70s, especially, especially Queen. You know, uh, I'm a huge, huge Queen fan. Prince. And um, you know, those those harmonies, like the way, the way I learned to sing, like, for example, um, you know, like uh, Jealousy off the jazz record. You know, I would listen to those harmonies and I would pick, you know, and I'm going back a, a few years here, pick yeah. the needle off the record and put it back. And sing like I think the alto part, 
And then I <laughs> back it up and sing the tenor part. And then wow. put it back and sing the, the mezzo-soprano part. And then bring it back. So I, I'd sing each different parts of the harmonies that I could hear. And not only did that help me develop an ear for music, but also helped me develop uh, a singing range and understanding of the complexity of harmony and rhythm wow. and music. Um, it was a beautiful time. I mean, I, I every single day I listened to music. I played in a band in, in high school, uh-huh. uh, just like a little garage band. And music, to this very day, has been a very, very integral and important part of my life. Well, since we're on the subject of that, I have a question from your brother, Brian. <laughs> he wanted me All to right. ask you this question. Um, from a biblical standpoint, can you explain the importance of music in worship of God in the Old Testament and how in our worship in the Mass we should participate in song, giving God his glory, surrendering to our Creator in adoration and with thanksgiving? You know oh, that he boy, wrote that's that. That's a big question. <laughs> okay, you let's, know, let's, you let's know music is way. too easy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, so, so. It's a, first of all, uh, music was extremely important to the worship in Israel, uh, and and the the worship hymn, the worship manual was the Psalms, the Sefer Telachim yep. in Hebrew, or the Book of Sung Praises, right? Mm-hmm. The Book of Sung Praises, Sefer Telachim. Mm-hmm. So, so the Psalms were always meant to be sung, to be chanted. Even Benedictine Sisters and many other monastic communities of monks and nuns still chant and sing most yes. of the liturgy of the hours, the, the, the hymns. So, so, so singing and music was very important. We, we see even in the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, the choirs of angels singing, praising God. You know, most f- p- people are familiar, of course, with the, with the, uh, the uh, book of Revelation with the choirs of angels singing. And of course, um, dur- during the uh, the birth of Jesus on Christmas, the shepherds and the angels and the choirs of angels came and they were singing. And uh, in the Old Testament, we see that as well, that we see angels singing and we see the people worshiping and chanting with, with songs of praise. So music is extremely important in life of worship. So today in the church, see, here's the thing. We can't be myopic when it comes to music. Look, mm-hmm. if you don't like the, the the praise and worship band and don't go to that mass you know go to go, exactly. go to the Gregorian chant mass or go to whatever you know what I'm saying yeah. but yep. don't let music become an enemy of worship mm-hmm. you know um as long as the music is honoring God and not yourself thank See, you I think that's where the big rub is that's where the big rub is people say well I don't like guitar masses or guitar music because that's not really that's not really worshiping God well hold on hold on. If you don't like that style, that's one thing. But to just cr- uh, uh, flat out critique it uh, without listening to the words, what are the words saying? Is the, are the words reflecting our submission before God's authority? Is it reflecting our life of praise and worship of the infinite God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Or are that's we right. praising ourselves? That's the criteria that and we should be looking come, to not coming you know, from if, me, again, if you don't like that style go to a, go to a different mass with with different music something that that touches you that moves you that that draws you deeper into the worship experience that unites your heart more deeply and intimately with the heart of the living god that's what music should should do in fact saint augustine said uh, he who sings prays twice that's right, right. Mm-hmm. so uh, so music should be an important and integral part of worship 
And coming from me, as I sing Christian rock, and I'm also a, um, a cantor in the church, so I do both. So I understand where you're coming from with that. Um, but I just want to let you know, we have a caller coming in. His name's Lewis from Pennsylvania. He has a question for you. I okay, don't want to make this fast, but I, I, I never thought I would see the day when I would meet you, Deacon um, Harold. Um, I'm amazed. That, oh, it's um, wonderful to be with you. Thank you. Um, I, I'm subscribed to your YouTube channel. And, um, you know, back when I was in college, I discerned um, before marriage, you know, the diaconate. Um, since I already know I want to be married, um, that's and I have a strong religious call, I thought about becoming a deacon, and then I saw your videos. Uh, you, you you know, in your videos, you also describe a dual calling. But um, besides the point, um, I'm a young Catholic apologist. What do you recommend um, I do to learn the the Catholic faith in and out in a way that I could explain it to um, Protestant criticizers? What is a source, uh, a school that I can go to to learn um, the Catholic faith fully? All right. Uh, thank you. That's a great question. I, I, I would say three things. Okay, There's three different paths you can go. All right. Number one, if you're not interested in formal study, like um, a, a, a degree, like a formal degree in theology or apologetics, then I would say, number one, Catholic.com, Catholic Answers, has the mm-hmm. best resources anywhere for Catholic apologetics as a whole. I mean, that their whole mission is dedicated to that. And they're starting kind of a school of evangelization where you can take online courses. Again, not, not formal academic education like, like a college or graduate-level degree, but you can take courses to become a Catholic apologist. Um, they have a video series, and Jimmy Aiken and and Trent Horn and Tim Staples and Carla Broussard and um, uh, all those guys are are part of that. You know, so that's one thing you could do. Number two is to uh, to pursue a, a graduate level degree, right? So online, you could, uh, there's a lot of great institutions. Um, Franciscan University of Steubenville, uh, Augustine Institute, Catholic Distance University. Uh, uh, those are three very, very good online options, all faithful to the magisterium and the teaching authority of the church. And um, uh, and you can kind of work at your own pace in order to get your degree that way. And and third would be, you know, f- formal study. Like you, you go to uh, uh, a, the, a Catholic university and, and pursue a graduate degree uh, that way. Um, so either one of those three things would would uh, I think would work for you. Uh, again, what, you got to look at your life, you got to look at your your marriage, your family, your schedule, your work, and figure out which one um, would fit into the, your life uh, and the balance, and still keeping balance and perspective in your life. Remembering that your marriage is first, right? Your, well, your relationship with God is first, then your marriage, and then everything else after that. But the fact that you have a heart. Um, that that wants to be able to defend the faith uh, is great, and there's also a great uh, a, a large number of YouTube videos, uh, 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 Catholic apologists who have YouTube channels where you can learn Catholic apologetics or, or, or pick up tips and things about how to defend the faith. I do that all the time. I don't watch TV, but I watch YouTube videos to kind of pick up different ways to articulate or to say something, you know. Um, and and I and I'm constantly growing and learning my faith that way as well. Is that helpful? 
Lewis, you're still there? I think we lost them. Okay. Well, hopefully he uh, heard that answer. Can you hear me? Can you <laughs> yeah. hear me, Deacon? Oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. Muted. I was kind of muted as soon as you answered my question. Yes, that helps. And again, I'm amazed that um, you're here and that I actually got to meet you. Um, again, Abu Maria, it's it's amazing to hear from you and how much you do for the church. Um, you give life to the role of the diaconate in the sense that um, you really got yourself out there in, in, in that role. Um, people sometimes forget that um, the diaconate is part of the, the threefold holy orders, you know, deacon, priest, and bishop. And um, in a way, it's good to be humble because, you know, unlike, you know, unlike deacons who are allowed to at least be married prior to the ordinations, um, priests, as they practice anyway in the church, are not allowed to. But it's good to... Um, to, to get the diaconate out there so we can um, so people can understand that it's a it's a threefold ministry um and I think that's a beautiful thing and uh, I admire you for that deacon Harold well thank you okay. Lewis I appreciate it very much and you know I never intended to uh to speak and to write full time to leave my law enforcement career but back in 2011 I was in the adoration chapel and the Lord uh put it on my heart for me to leave my career and to speak and to write full-time on the Catholic faith. And I fought God for a year trying to talk him out of it. (laughs) Finally, you know, I just, I just succumbed to to God's will and said, ultimately, look, Lord, whatever you want is whatever I want. Um, You know, I'm a clean slate. Use me however you see fit. And when I finally let go of my anxiety of, of, of my, of my uh, uh, stress, of my worry, then that's when, you know, and, and I made and I made the decision to leave. That's when God opened up all kinds of doors. And so I'm doing things now that I never would imagine that I'd be doing, you know, um, you know, speaking at the Vatican, deaconing for the Pope, uh, writing books, you know, touring 31 countries, um, <clears throat> doing radio and tell, you know, nine television series on EWTN. And it's just, it's, it's like, I, you know, I, but the beautiful thing is, I wake up every morning saying, "Man, I can't believe I get to do this again today." You know, so it really is a blessing. Okay. It's wonderful. Okay, thank you. You have any more questions, Lewis, for him? Okay, I guess uh, he's done then. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, oh. Lewis, I'll keep you in my prayers. You keep discerning God's will. Uh, for your life, and don't forget, always discuss these things with your wife, and make sure that that uh, she's part of that decision. Because I tell you, and I, I'm sure Lisa uh, uh, can can uh, confirm this as well. Without the support of her husband, um, she can't do without without Brian. She can't do the things that she's doing now. It's the same thing with me. Without the love and support of my wife, That's right. I cannot do the things that I'm doing now. You know, um, because remember, in in the marriage, it's a mutual. It's a mutual uh, covenant, um, mutual gift of self, of self-giving, self-sacrificing love. And it's just like, not like, oh, well, God's calling me to do this, you know, therefore I have to make the decision. No, it's us and we. Remember, the two of you are one flesh. So don't ever forget to always have your wife's input, input, love, and support in everything you're doing. And that's exactly what you do, you um, deacon. I know you do those um I know you speak a lot about the family and you've done that at our church and it was I got a lot out of that. You know a lot about this That's beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, so if I guess we can move on then. Um, thank you, Lewis, for coming on and asking him a question. If he's still there. Um, I just wanted to ask you something real quick. Um, I have a couple other ones, but um, I know you already talked about you what music you listened to growing up. You already got into that a little bit. Did you have any favorite artist that you followed or you follow besides me? <laughs> <laughs> Who's well, your favorite I, I still, artist besides me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, there are other artists besides you. What? I I didn't know that. No. <laughs> no. So as a as a guitar player, right? I listen to different styles, especially guitar type music. So I played the jazz band in college, and I also played in an R and B band. You know, so we played all oh, kinds of cool. R and B, Prince, everything from Prince to Chic, to you know that kind of stuff. But I also like stuff like um, Dream Theater, you know, yeah, like a kind yeah. of progressive rock uh, kind of stuff. I like Metallica. I like uh, Niccolo Paganini, Concerto in D minor, who was a, an amazing violinist. Uh, I'm a huge Eddie Van Halen fan. You know, um, wow. I mean, so so uh, Joe Pass, you yeah. know, the great guitar player, Wes Montgomery, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I listen, um, Pat Metheny, you know, <laughs> so a, a lot of different, Steve uh, uh, Ray Vaughan, you know, God rest his soul. You know, all those types of players had influences on me and allowed me to really appreciate the depth of, of music, yeah. you know, and, and in a sense, music to me is like prayer. So it was, I think that's why I was naturally attracted to the Benedictines, um, because a lot of the office is sung. And so that natural connection with music and prayer, which were two very, very important things in my life growing up, you know, prayer, my prayer life fostered by my mother. When I saw her devotion to her very, she had a very simple faith, but, you know, I saw how, how prayerful she was. And she tried to impart that beautiful prayer life into our lives, to her children's lives. And, and, and that combined with music, I think naturally attracted me to Benedictine life. And um, like I said, I, I, I uh, did the come and see program during high school. And then I, after college, I joined the Benedictines for, uh, you know, as I was discerning a, a call for them and, um, and I still live a very, very deep Benedictine spirituality in my life every day. Mm-hmm. I love praying the liturgy of the hours, and most of it I sing. I pray, I pray parts of it in Latin, and some even even in Hebrew. And uh, so I, I just and and I try to sing as much of it as I can because I, I still love the, the the beauty and the rhythm of those psalm tones um, yep. and of the of the chant. You know, it just it just kind of takes my prayer life to a whole nother level. Um, and, that's, and so that's uh, I just absolutely love it. Yeah. We, yeah, we got to collaborate on something. That would be beautiful <laughs> down the road. <laughs> that would uh, be fun. <laughs> um, I have one more question before I have John ask something. Um, I know you travel all over the world as part um, of your speaker and ministry. What was your most favorite place that you went to, country or state that you visited, and why? Oh, boy. That's easy. Papua New Guinea. Uh, wow, really? I was just there this past July. Uh, I was uh, this so so this year I was in uh Croatia, Bosnia Herzegovina, Mo- Montenegro, Slovenia and Italy. And then yeah. later in the year this past summer, I was in New Zealand, Papua New Guinea and Australia. I saw so that. So when yeah. I got to Pop- Yeah, when I got to Papua New Guinea, it was just I mean, I thought okay, here they're having this 3-day conference and I'm going to be speaking to Catholics, right? So um, 
but but I got off the plane. I got off the, the plane. Me and Charbel Race, who who is the president of Perusia in Australia, he's. I go on. I travel many many countries with him, and we got off the plane into the jetway, and there's an airport official with a vest on, like a you know um, a fluorescent vest, and she goes, "I'm going to take. I'm going to escort you." I'm like, "Oh great!" So we walk up the jetway, and then there's like news cameras and reporters and photographers. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then we meet the guy who brought us, you know, who advised to come to the country to speak. And uh, he goes, yeah, just take your passports and your boarding pass and your your baggage claim and give them to these people over here. And there's these other airport officials in suits. And I'm like, wait, what about immigration? And I go, no, 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 just, just, we'll take care of it. Just hand everything to them. We'll take care of it. Okay, so I, I hand my stuff to these guys, and next thing, we're going over here. So we go into this room, and in this room was the papal nuncio, the head of the bishop's conference, the wife of the prime minister. Wow. And I'm like, wait, what is what is going on here right now? And, and so we have a few minutes when I'm meeting everybody, and they said, we're, now we're going to have the official greeting of the country. So we go to the back of the airport, walk down these stairs, and then uh, there's like 200 Papua New Guinea uh uh, folks indigenous in their in their uh, traditional uh, garb and their you know traditional um, um, you know celebratory outfits, and they have they give us an official welcome to the country, which was absolutely beautiful. And so then after that official greeting, we get into these vehicles, these vans, and we start driving. And I realize it's not just you know they didn't just pick us up. This is a this is a a, a motorcade. Like wow. there's a pilot car, there's a there's a rear car. They're blocking police are blocking traffic and we're just flying through the streets. I'm like, what the heck? And so we go to this the, the bishops conference complex and inside is a full on press conference. Um this on national news. People are texting me from Texas and from Idaho, Hey, you're on NBC right now and I'm like, What? You know, and I said, <laughs> Yeah, he's here to help re- help reawaken a nation. I said Reawaken it. I thought I was here to talk to Catholics. You know, it was just yeah, right. And I had like a police escorts everywhere. It was just unbelievable. The the that, reception that must have that been I, a feeling. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, God's using you so in so many ways. It's it's incredible. Um, let me ask this question. John asked me. He wants to know um, what uh, what do you think of the online courses offered by Christedium College? Which which school? Christendom College. Oh, Christendom. Christendom. In, I in said Virginia? it wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're 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 outstanding. They're outstanding. The only reason I didn't mention them because they have a language requirement. Oh. Um, you know, if you want to get a master, don't forget, if you want to do a master's degree, you have to do um, like Latin or Greek or something wow. like that, and it's not a hundred percent online. You you also have to go to the school um, part of the time in the summer, and, mm-hmm. and and take a course there as well. So so that's the other, uh, Christendom is absolutely rock solid, beautiful school, you know. But their requirements are a little tougher than the normal online uh, course, which is the only reason I didn't mention them. Okay. Um. Oh, I thought I had somebody on there. All right. Uh, I'll ask you one more question. I think somebody's coming on. Um. I want to know, you wear many hats, so you do a lot of things. What do you love most about what you do, about your hostile, your 
ministry, everything. What do you love most about it, Ger? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think people would think well, – well, let me say it like this, Lisa. Um, what I don't like is the attention that I get. Okay. And I'm just being completely honest. I mean, uh, um, because I, the reason why I'm doing this is, is for God, not for me. You know, but yet, I mean, it's, it's again, using the music analogy, it's like like when I met Eddie Van Halen, I met him once, okay, because wow. I was working um, backstage, I was, I was in my law enforcement capacity, and I was in uniform when I met him, and, you know, I was just like a little kid all geeked out, and like, here's a guy who really, because it wasn't just a matter of of him as, a, as one of the greatest guitar, rock guitar players of all time, which no one disputes. I mean, it wasn't just that, but it was the way he made me think and feel about music, you know, and it was just a great thing. So, and, and, but it's hard for me to, to imagine myself as someone. One person called me the Eddie Van Halen of the Catholic, of the Catholic <laughs> speaking. I'm like, whoa, hold on, hold No, 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 no. But the, the fact that people would say that or they think of me that way is just yeah. really hard for me to understand because I don't, think or see myself that way at all. I just see myself, you know, again, using music. I'm just the music. I'm just the instrument. God is a musician. That's right. So I'm that's, just trying that's to how be I a feel. finely tuned instrument in God's hands. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, but I guess what I like the most is knowing that I'm doing God's will. You know, th- yeah. That's, that's really the favorite part. So yeah, whether I'm doing radio, whether I'm doing television, whether I'm writing, a book, whether I'm on, on a speaking tour or, you know, um, blog or whatever, whatever, the, whatever it is that God is calling me to do. Um, you know, I, I, I want to, I always want to make sure that it's what God wants, not what Deacon Harold wants, but what God, how God wants to use me as, as his faithful and, and uh, an unworthy instrument. Yeah. And it takes a while to get there. I mean, you know, I, I understand what you're talking about. It's, uh, we we have to we have to let him take over and it's not about us you know that's what you have to keep t- I keep telling myself everything you do like this podcast is about him all of this is about him and I'm so glad that I had you on because you're you're perfect for this you're everything that I was looking for for this show so I'm really blessed that you're on here um but I want to I have Josie from Chicago that wants to ask you a question Yes. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Hi. It's my sister. Hi. Uh, are you coming to Chicago? Uh, I'm going to be in Rockford, Illinois, um, doing a parish mission um, at the end of the month, beginning of November. Oh, that's only pretty far from me. I've seen you in Chicago. Um, I hope maybe one day you come out here. I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you, Josie. Oh, did she have a question? Okay. I think she just wanted to ask you to come to Chicago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you got to put that on your list now because you've been everywhere else. But that's my next question. <laughs> that's great because it led up to my next question. Is there any place in the world that you haven't been that you want to go? And I'm not, and I'm talking about to speak or to anything like that. Where do you want to go that you haven't been? India is wow, number really? one on my list. 
Yeah, I was supposed to go in to India and Sri Lanka. I was invited by Cardinal Sanjus to 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 come and speak there, but this but get uh, but COVID nineteen messed it all up. So the pandemic yeah. just ruined um, all my plans. And we ha- and there there hasn't been an opportunity to reschedule yet. So so India is definitely number one on my list to to get to. There's a lot of wonderful Catholic priests that I've met in the United States that come from India, particularly the areas of Kerala and Goa which are two very strong yeah. Catholic areas mm-hmm. in, in India. So I, I would just love there and, and uh, experience the people and the culture and the life of the church um, uh, in India, especially also the Cyril, the Cyril Malabar rite, which is a, a beautiful um, uh, uh, rite that they celebrate in India. Absolutely love that. Yeah, I know a lot of the priests are from that area that you just mentioned here in uh, in our area. Um but uh, yeah, there's a lot of Catholic areas in uh, in in India, and nobody else calling. I have yeah, all right. Saint, uh, Saint Thomas um, was one of the ones that that brought the faith uh, to India, and um, you know, so I would I would just love to go there and experience. Now I've been to Malaysia, which has heavy Indian influence because a lot of uh-huh. Indians uh, live there. But 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 I want to go to the motherland, right? <laughs> to, to, yeah, India, yeah. to India herself and and to experience. And I know there's a, a, a we have to pray for them. There's a lot of uh, churches being burned, um, and, and yes. there's a, a, a big attack on on religious faith, Christian faith there in India. So we have to pray for those folks and China. You know, I, I'd love to go to China, yes. but I don't know how realistic that's going to be, given the fact that basically the communists are running the church there now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I would just love to go just to help encourage the the Catholics who want to be faithful to the church and not to the government, you know. But, um, but I don't know. We'll see what, what God has in store. Well, that's great because that leads into my next question. For those of listening followers that aren't Catholic, what do you love most about being Catholic and the Catholic faith? Besides wow, the Eucharist. that's a great question. There's got to be other things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, see, the, the, the thing is this, um, one thing that the human heart longs for is truth and, and goodness and beauty. And truth is not an idea you form in your mind. Truth is not a philosophical construct. Truth is a person. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Right, so it's it's aligning my life with Jesus Christ, and 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 why your question is so great, Lisa, is that in our culture today, people are trying to identify, right? Uh, you know, they're allowing cultural constructs and moral relativism to shape who they are, so they identify with a religious, uh, with a, a political party. They identify with a, a particular religious ideology. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like Catholic or probably I'm just, you know, a way of expressing uh, religion that where they kind of pick and choose what they want and live their faith the way they see fit, not according to, to the, the teachings of the church. Um, so the thing is, for example, they'll say to me, well, you're a black Catholic. And I will say, no, I'm not. I'm a Catholic who's black. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean? Are you denying your black identity? Well, no. <laughs> But when I when I die and stand before Jesus Christ, He's not going to ask me how black I am. Yeah, right. He's going to say, "Wait a minute, I gave you three talents. I gave you fatherhood, I gave you being a husband, I gave you the, the diaconate. Where's my thirtyfold, 
50-fold, 100-fold return on the investment I made in you. You know, um, what, did you pick up your cross and follow me? Even when it was difficult, even when you were being ridiculed, even when it wasn't popular, did you did you pick up your cross? That's what he's going to ask me. Mm-hmm. Now, so what is my identity? My identity is not with a political party or or what gender I am. I am a loyal son of the living God. Amen. A brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is my identity. I have a divine identity in Jesus Christ, not in the culture. That's who I am. Now, that doesn't mean I, I love my black heritage. I love my Caribbean heritage. I love our food. I still love our music. I still speak our dialect. I love everything about being black. I thank God every day, but that doesn't define who I am. Uh, I'm first and foremost a Catholic, uh, uh, someone who follows and willing to lay my life down for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is my divine identity. I love when I get you going. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I mean, Brian says that all the time. He says, "I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm Catholic." Um, you know, he's no political party. He's Catholic, and I understand what where you're coming from with that. But um, maybe uh, this is a good time right now to take a break and play uh, my new single that was just released. This is uh. Stained glass window of the song. Things in this life that make one guess why this world is such a mess. Definition of love is a mirror of hate. When I look in your eyes, I think all is great. Lord be the cleaner to wipe away the stain, the start of 
just released uh, this week, actually. And I'm sure you like that violin in there. <laughs> yeah. So let, let me let me tell you why why what makes your your music so unique and so special. There's there's two things that always strike me about your music, Lisa. So num- number one, um, you, your very distinctive voice. It, it, it's like. Sometimes you hear something, right? You hear a song like, oh, wait a minute, who's singing that again? Oh, that sounds like, you know, and, and there are other songs as, or, or music. As soon as you hear the first few notes, you know exactly who it is. I remember the first time I heard Beat It by Michael Jackson. Obviously, yeah. had no idea Eddie Van Halen played the solo in that song, but it finally got to the solo. I was, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's Eddie Van Halen. I mean, you just knew when you heard those first few notes who it was. Your voice is like that. As soon as wow. you, there's no doubt, no distinction that that's Lisa Nicole. <laughs> that means, I mean, it's very distinct. I Second really of appreciate all, your that. Lyrics, your lyrics. I mean, dang, like your love is so strong, it blocks all the pain. I mean, people listening to that who are struggling, people who don't know how much God loves them, and then you say love, uh, his love uh, always wins. His love will always win. Come on. I mean, that songs like that give people hope. People who are mm-hmm. who feel that God doesn't love them or they they can't feel God's presence. They're going through something really difficult. The death of a child, the the, the death of a parent. They're struggling themselves with a cancer diagnosis or whatever it. Their the kids are away from the church. Whatever it is, your music, your lyrics are so relatable, and and they give people hope. You know, people who listen like yes. I felt that. Yes, I've been through that. They're so relatable to the average person in the pew. And and that's, I think, makes your music so powerful. I really appreciate that, Deacon, because you've always told me that. And I, uh, that this is my ministry, and like you, and that's what I aim towards because you know about the pain I live in. So I, I deal with that. I do that because I let the Holy Spirit work through me to write the lyrics that will help people that are suffering in times of their life and bring and bring them to him and know that he is there and he'll help them get through all the bad times in their life. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, especially coming from you. That's really a blessing of you saying that. I really appreciate that. But uh, and, I'll and keep putting the, the music the, the, out. The amazing part is you keep, keep doing it over and over and over again, like every song you release is like, man, it's better than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you always tell me it's, that. It's like, I how, know. How do you keep coming up with this stuff? I mean, I, it's just well, it's, see, it's, and that and that. Know what that speaks to, Lisa? That that speaks to someone who actually 
lives the faith and doesn't just pay lip service to it. I mean, like a teenager, a teenager could tell a fake a mile away. They could tell when somebody's just, you know, speaking out both sides of their mouth and is not really um, truthful. It's not really sincere or authentic, you know, but, but your music shows the, 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 um, your music shows forth what's inside of you, you know, and it just comes out through that music. And so it exudes a deep faith, a real love for God. And, and so. that people can feel that, especially with music, people can feel that. And that's the power of music. It makes you feel something. Like it, 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 I, I'm, I can still think back now, whenever I hear Weekend in New England, by Barry Manilow. I'm back in seventh grade. Yeah, right. <laughs> with with the crush I had on my girlfriend in seventh grade. I still I still remember that feeling. You know, that's what music does. You know, and and, and that's what you do so well. I thank you very much. And and like if, if you listen to my other show that I did before this, that's what I talked about. Is that it's it's all through the Holy Spirit. And I don't have I. I can't do this on my own. I can't write all these songs and these lyrics myself. I can't do this. It's through him that I do this. He uses me to get this music out there. And I absolutely love it. I love what I'm doing. I love every song that he's given me, every lyric he's given me. And I'm just going to keep putting music out as long as I can, as long as he keeps you giving know, it to you me. You know, Lisa, somebody, somebody may be listening to both of us speaking. And asking, how how do I get there? I mean, obviously, me and you are doing two different things, but in a sense, we're both creating music yes. for the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. In, in mm-hmm. very different ways, but we're creating music for the Lord. And someone would be asking, well, how do I do that? You know, here's the thing. I think a lot of people aren't living to their full potential because they're afraid. Yes. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what people think. They're afraid of not being accepted. They're afraid that, they, they, that, that it's not going to be good enough. They're, and so they get paralyzed by fear to the point where they don't do anything about it. They don't do anything. And so that great idea they had, that great gift that God wanted to develop in them, can't be developed because they're not cooperating with God's will because they're afraid. But what does 1 John 4, 16, uh, 4 19 says? Perfect love casts out all fear. We have to love more than be afraid, right? When I left my job, I was scared, man. I'm like, how am I supposed to make up the kind of income I was making with a young family, with kids in Catholic school, which is expensive? How am I supposed to do that talking about Jesus? (laughs) But but I said, you know, if the Lord wants me to do this, he'll, he'll make it happen. I just have to trust him. And that is scary. That's like jumping off a cliff. Like skydiving or something. It's, yep. like, it's like, holy cow, you know? I mean, it, it, it feels like that. But as the Psalms tell us, the, law, the Lord is our light and our help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Before whom shall I shrink? You know, that's what we have to remember, that it's God. You're it's absolutely right, Lisa. It's God that's doing it. Not me, not you. It's cooperation with the will of God. Of course. I mean, I was blessed to write when I was a child, and I knew down the road I was going to, but I never knew it would be like this. And like you said, my husband's a big supporter of mine uh, for for my ministry, and I wouldn't be able to do this without him. So it's it's um it's big. Um, I'm also I just want to mention that I'm working as a partner with the Four Persons Network. 
which, you know, this is this network that you're on. Um, and I've been, and I've really been blessed to be able to do this show. I thank John for giving me this opportunity because um, I really think that this is going to be great. I mean, you, you were my first guest, so you you <laughs> you kicked off my show today, and and it's great. I mean, you know, you had people call in and everything, and I hope everybody was hearing everything that you were saying because it was so deep, and you're always in depth. That's what I love about you. You get so deep in the Catholic faith; it's amazing, and you get happy, and you get just so it's it, it is it's such it's such a good feeling to feel like that when you have you have God inside of you. It's just a beautiful feeling, and that's how I feel when I write. So it's this—it's the same thing. But I just wanted to ask you: um, Do you have any future plans coming up? Any international trips or anything coming up soon? Yeah, I've—I've I've, uh, I've got so many irons in the fire. Um, I've got uh, well, oh boy, okay. So there's going to be an announcement next week uh, by EWTN about a, a about a major new project that I'm. I'm work. I can't talk about it now, uh. but uh, they're going to make an official announcement next week. Cool. And so that's a very, very exciting opportunity to to work even more collaboratively with EWTN. So look look forward to that announcement next week. Um, uh, my travel schedule is slammed for the rest of the year. Uh, next year uh, is also very busy. Wow. Um, I have I have two back to back pilgrimages. One of them is with Father Chris Alar. And we're going to Switzerland and Austria and Germany. Wow. And then right on the heels of that, I'm going to be uh, traveling to France with um, Bishop Joseph Coffey, who yeah. is the, uh, in the Archdiocese of the Military. And we're mm-hmm. going to be doing Warriors of France pilgrimage. Oh, wow. That uh, sounds so we're going awesome. Joan of Arc and, and, and many others, uh, Saint-Michel. And many other places we're going to be visiting. So would love, love, love people to, to come with us on those on the pilgrimage, especially the Warriors of France pilgrimage. I think it's going to be uh, absolutely awesome and amazing. So just go to DeaconHarold.com and, and click on the Pilgrimages tab, and you'll see all the information there about both pilgrimages. That sounds great. That sounds like a really great um, experience. And you're booked up, and you're probably going to have more stuff into 25 most likely. Well, uh, I'm already booked uh, for Lent. Uh, I'm booking for 2026 right now for Lent. Wow. Um, yeah, just I mean, the rest of the year is is good, is fine, but it's just Lent. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so 2024 is gone, 2025 is gone for for Lent, and so 2026 I'm I'm booking right now for. Wow, for you're Lent. really blessed, aren't you? Wow. Well, now but, the pandemic is over, I get back, get back to yeah. going out there and speaking. You well, know, and what, what some people have done, Lisa, is they've they've pivoted away from speaking in person and started doing online. And, and yes, there's a place for the online stuff, but ultimately, for me, you know, um, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? He loved us with his own hands and with his own heart. The word did become flesh and have a Zoom meeting. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus came to be with people. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, I, I still believe it's important to go out there and to be with people, um, to interact personally with people, because we're we're an incarnate church, right? The word became flesh. We have to yes. see and feel and touch and experience each other, not just through the internet, but but in person. So I that's why I'm still traveling as much as I do, and and um, 
you know, again, with the love and support of my wife, my kids are all adults now. So it's not an issue of being away from the kids because, you know, they're doing their own thing and working mm-hmm. and all that now, too. So that's that's not an issue. And as long as I'm attentive, fully attentive to my wife and she comes with me occasionally. I mean, she she goes where, you know, if she knows she knows my schedule. So if there's someplace she wants to come, she comes with me. If she you know, she's a psychologist, so it's a very busy private practice. So she just can't mm-hmm. come with me whenever she wants because she has clients that need her. So, um, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a good wonderful balanced uh, relationship. Well, I wanted to talk ask you about that real quick. Do you remember when you had that show during COVID that Wednesdays Wednesdays oh, show yes. you had and you yes. had me on as a guest? Remember that? That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's you. That was a great show because you like you like like you did. I did the same thing during COVID. I did all of those concerts every week. Because oh, yeah, I, right. yeah, so remember I did I yeah. yeah, and I actually had an article written about me in the Catholic News because um, I did those shows, and so people kept saying, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you got to get off of Facebook, you got to get off of this because it's evil, and I says, well, you know what? I'm going to use Facebook for God's will, and I'm going to use Instagram, and I'm going to use YouTube, and I'm going to use all of these these platforms that people say you're evil or bad or they're I'm going to use them and I'm going to use them for God's will and that's what I did I started my ministry I started um doing concerts every week doing live shows which I still do and yeah it's good to get back out there which I'm starting to slowly again but you know it's it's good the internet is good too because you could reach so many other people like different types of people like handicapped people you know disabled people that don't drive they can't get out but a lot of people have internet so it's good for yeah, us especially to do for it the that music way genre. you can oh, reach yeah. a lot of people with the, with the internet cuz that's how people get their content now is streaming and listening on their phones you know on their devices so Especially for uh, your content, which is which is the amazing music, yeah, you could you could reach a, a much larger or much larger audience, even international audience, um, simply by being present. And yeah, people, all oh, those are evil. Well, you know why it's evil because there's not enough good people of faith in those social media platforms. You know, exactly. so we we need to be there. If Saint Paul was still alive, he'd have a Facebook page, he'd have a website, <laughs> he'd have a YouTube channel because those are ways to evangelize. Yep. It's, it's yeah, that's, yes, that's, people that's use exactly what I'm saying. Evil, yeah. But we can use them for good. Absolutely. And that's what we do. And I continue to do that. And I do it all the time. And I'm not going to stop. It's That's a way for me to reach. You know, you got people on there that wait for you to come on and do shows. And they wait for you to do, say things or whatever. So, yeah, it's 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 really a great way to use uh, use it for to get the word of God out. Um. But I just wanted to ask you a question real quick. I I know you before. Um, I know you mentioned this before, but when did you get the calling that you wanted to become um, a deacon, or if you wanted to get in, you know, when did you get the calling from God? Yeah. So when I left monastic life, um, I left because my mother got sick and and almost died. And, and I'm the when my dad left, I helped my mom take care of the family as the oldest. Yeah. And so when she got sick, I, I was allowed to leave the monastery temporarily for three months to take care of my mom uh, until she was able to go back to work. And during um, that time out of the monastery, I went to a wedding, 
and met the woman who ended up being my wife. So, mm-hmm. so I didn't leave because, like, oh, I just I, I I've been living here and I just decided that you know I'm not called. I mean, had my not my mom not been sick, I probably would have stayed in the monastery. Quite honestly, wow. but, but God had a different plan, and so. I still felt a pull, a tug, an attraction, you know, even though I left monastic life. I said, what does God call me to next? And so I, we moved to Oregon. I dived into parish life, and I was on parish council, and I was working to visit Nepal, and I was doing, training altar servers and lectors and, and finance council and doing all this stuff, and it wasn't enough. And um, it was during the Easter Vigil Mass, my first Easter Vigil Mass in Oregon at the parish we, we were attending, and uh, where where God, where I felt God calling me to diaconal ministry, huh. and um, you know that was back in uh, that was back in '96. Um, and wow. uh, so I was accepted in '97, and it's a, a five-year uh, program, including a master's degree in theology, which I received from the University of Dallas, and uh, I was ordained in 2002. You know, it's, uh, again, not at that time, not intending to do any speaking or writing or anything. Um, it's just that I, I was responding to the, to the call to the diaconal ministry that God put on my heart. And, and even when you came out to our church to speak, you weren't doing as much as you are now. It's amazing how much God has given you. It's, it's just it's, it's incredible, the stuff that you're yeah, doing. What, what year was that when I was at your place? I just saw a picture. I just had a picture. I think it might have been, it had to be about 17 maybe, 2017. Yeah, see, because I, I was still working. I was, I was only speaking part-time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You were. Yeah. Yep. And you were. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because so it's been, yeah, it's been great. It's, it's been, been great. about, God's, yeah. God's it's so been good. A, yeah, he is. It's been a long time. I got another question for you. Pork roll or tail of ham? (laughs) (laughs) Only Jersey people would know that question. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Just from sentimental readers, I have to go with Taylor Ham. Uh, I think, didn't they say say that pork roll is the south and Taylor Ham's the north? (laughs) North Jersey, what's the other way around? North Jersey, right? So. Yeah. yeah, and but Taylor Ham is just brings back wonderful memories of of Christmas. You know, my mom that, she used to make the ham with the glaze on it and stick those um, cloves in it. Yeah, you know, my and mom stuff too. Like that. It was oh yep. man, that's just a beautiful memory of 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 Christmas. Uh, my mom tried to make the uh, as, as special as possible for us, and it was just uh, it's a beautiful memory of the ham. It's it's yeah it's really great it's it's great um, memories to talk about that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to talk about or mention anything about yourself or? Um, I know we're gonna post your social media sites, your website, and everything. People know how to get in touch with you, and also your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah so just the two things: the book, if they're interested in yes, uh, the book. in the book of building building a civilization of love. A Catholic response to racism, and then the Warriors of, Fan- of Warriors of France pilgrimage, which is going to be uh, April twenty fourth through May third, twenty twenty four, with uh, again Bishop Coffey, the Archdiocese of the Military. Uh, go- we're going to Paris and Lisieux, Normandy Beach, Mont Saint Michel, uh, you know, and and a bunch of other places too. So would love people to come to us, come with me on that. 
Well, you never know. Maybe one day you'll see us. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. fantastic. It's uh, not yeah, to call you, you at the know. service, right? To to sing and lead the lead the uh, singing at the mass at mass. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I could even speak to do the. Uh, I could even canter the mass. Yeah, if that's what you mean. I could yeah, even exactly. do that. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Oh, that would be great. Yep. I would love to do that. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for being my first guest tonight. And this is our 250th published show of the Apostolate. So um, this this uh, this is really a blessing to have you on. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and I'm going to be praying for you and praying for um, everything that you do in the future, that you reach and touch many people, which you always do. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say before I say my end of prayer? Well, just I say thank you, Lisa Marie, for having me on. And um, this is great. And um, so the, the link that you gave me, is that what, that link is what I can share with people on my social media so they can listen to the show? Yeah, this yeah the link for this show, but the links moving forward for my other shows are going to be different because there'll be different guests on. But the link for this okay. show will be in the archive, so they can listen to it after, which is when most people probably will. Um, but yeah, definitely. And um, you know, you, we'll make sure all your links are posted and everything where everybody can get you and look you up. And if anybody wants to go on any of those trips with you, but. Sounds I just good. want to I just want to say uh my end prayer is Lord thank you for your gift of music a universal language that transcends barriers helps help help us to use it to glorify your name to find solace during times of distress and to celebrate your goodness in times of joy may our hearts always be instruments playing the melody of your love and faithfulness amen amen and I, if there's nothing else that um, that you need to say, then I guess we could call it a night. Again, thank you for having me on. I want to thank you all the listeners and supporters of Four Persons and uh, know that you are in my prayers. Thank you very much, Deacon. God bless you. I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my debut show tonight with Deacon Howellberg Sivers. Uh, everyone have a blessed weekend. And this is Lisa Marie Nicole for Rockin' for God. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.